Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. I'm Brian. And there's a pause this week because Jeff's not here. Um, This week we're actually going to be talking about um, Fantastic Beasts and uh, the... Secrets of Dumb Old Horse. Is that what it was called? <laughs> it's the sequel to um, Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grundled Balls, which was, of course, the sequel to Fantastic Beasts and How to Fuck Them. Um, wow, did you come up, with that, <laughs> come up with that off the cuff? Well, I already had the first one. I had to, uh, kind, of, I had to kind of like retrofit the other two. Well, I had the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Fuck Them or whatever. That's it's like an old joke from when that movie came out. I had to come up with the other two though on the fly, but that's you. That's you. Um, yeah, I'm proud of myself. That um, that might not make the edit because it's pretty blue right up right up top. <laughs> I think it's um, gonna make the edit. <laughs> yeah, it probably is because I'm I've, I'm getting lazier and lazier with these things. Um, yeah, so we're gonna talk about uh, the secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, I know for a fact that Brian and I both have different opinions on this movie because we had dinner together last night and we mentioned to each other that we had different opinions. So um, this might be an interesting conversation. Uh, Jeff is away for the weekend uh, at our father's birthday party that we were not able to make it to. So yeah, we're not we're not good enough kids. So we're here recording. We live far away, man. We live really far away. We right. can just like show up for a beach trip. That's, over that's why weekend. I phrased it the way I did. Good enough, because there's some <laughs> kids that would make that trip. I guess yeah. I am not among um, them. Yeah, definitely not me. Um, cool. Well, Brian, why don't you? Why don't we just get into? Um, let's get right into it. As usual, we will basically skip the non-spoiler section, except to say whether we liked the movie or disliked the movie and then just jump right into spoilers. So go ahead, Brian. How did you feel? Um, I, spoiler I enjoyed the movie. That's my blanket statement. I did not find myself at any point. Um, what am I trying to say here? I, I definitely feel like there is a, hesitation I go into these movies with where I'm like, I'm not understanding why they chose to marry the Fantastic Beasts storyline and the Dumbledore backstory storyline. Like that it's the story's about Dumbledore at this point. It's about the Dumbledore Grindelwald situation. But the movie is still called Fantastic Beasts. So every time one of these movies comes out, I'm like why, why is it still called Fantastic Beasts? Why don't we just pivot and start calling it something, you know, the Dumbledore movie or Secrets of Dumbledore and stop calling it Fantastic Beasts because it, it, it going into it, I'm afraid that it's going to awkwardly fit under that same umbrella. I will say coming out of this movie, I was pleasantly surprised. I think like they still do a good job of like getting the Fantastic Beasts involved in the movie and like making them a relevant part of the movie. So I think I think they did it in a way that I, I accepted and, and was fine with. It didn't like detract from the movie at all. Although I do think it is an awkward marriage between those two central themes: the Fantastic Beasts and then what Dumbledore's got going on. But I, I overall I enjoyed it. So I, and we'll get more into that those details. But what do you think? I I just I, literally all the things that you just said are the issues that I have with this series as a whole. Like going into the first one, I actually really liked the first one of these. I thought it was really fun, like as like a kind of separate 
um, storyline of like this weird autistic magic magizoologist running around the world trying to find all these creatures um, and like the friends he makes along the way and it's sort of like an Indiana Jones in the magic magic world or wizarding world or whatever and I was like that's sick I like this and then at the end of it they're like surprise Grindelwald's up in this bitch and it's Johnny Depp and it was just like what the fuck why I don't need this story but I was tentatively excited because I like that backstory of Oh yeah, Dumbledore from reading the books I always thought that that was really cool and I would have liked to have seen a book series kind of surrounding that and so it was kind of like oh okay maybe they'll do that in an interesting way but then they just kept calling it Fantastic Beasts and then because it's called Fantastic Beasts and it's based around its commander they're having to force in all of these like creatures in every movie so they, they have to like ham like they, they they every time there's like a monster in it it feels forced because they, it has to have such a big part on the plot in each one because the whole point of newt's commander is that he's a magizoologist and so like the other harry potter movies had fantastic beasts in them but but they weren't like the whole crux of the story whereas in this now they're making dumbledore's backstory directly tied into all these magic beasts and it just it felt unnecessary, it's, and that, yeah. So, so to sense. just wrap this up so that we can jump into spoilers. I did not like this movie. I liked it better than I liked the second one, but I just, as a whole, this series is extremely disappointing to me. And so, why during this movie, I was just like, God damn, this is just more of the same thing. Um, I will say, if you are invested in the harry potter mythos like you're probably going to want to see this movie because there's stuff that happens in it that's important to the wizarding world and like we are invested in it at this point like i do still like as as many many issues that i have with the harry potter world like i do still like the world right i don't know i guess i just i just feel extremely disappointed in how this series has has unfolded and yeah, I just I feel like there's a better way to handle it, and I don't know, necessarily know what that is. But well, I could tell you the answer. But let me first just say, me saying that I enjoyed the movie in no way does that take away from me understanding why you didn't, because like I said, we just had a lot of the same um, griefs and complaints. But I think I have to admit that I'm coming into it with a very uh, rose-colored sunglasses uh, perspective, because the the two things that these movies capture really well is one the like the how, how do you describe it like the atmosphere or the like the feel of the harry potter universe you know like the, you got that just cool music in the background whenever you see hogwarts and just i don't know if it's the color palettes or, that they're using or what but like it feels to me like when they went for um that new round of star wars movies but they went back to the old feel for like when you look at the ships and they look like they did in the original movies and like you know what i'm talking about like i don't know yeah, if that I'm lived the right in words. vibe of the star wars movies where yeah like kind of dirty we went from the original four five and six to movies one two and three and they felt totally different in newer age but then when we went to the whole uh ray storyline it felt like a continuation of the original movies and that yeah. brought back so much excitement for me it made those movies which ended up becoming movies that i did not like as i watched them like it took me a while a while to get to that point of deciding not to like them because i loved that feeling like i was watching one of the old ones for the first time again 
in- to be honest, that's exactly the comparison I was going to make later on. That this they 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 sequel trilogy this with like the Star Wars ones, whereas like the first one was good. Like I liked the yeah. first one. It felt it feels good to be back in the universe. Every yeah, time I was movie excited to see more expanding of the Wizarding World, and then the way that right. they've done it is just been really disappointing. And so what I was going to propose as a, a solution that they should have done is too late now is kind of take a similar concept to the um to the star wars ones where it's it's like you kind of fragment your storylines a little bit more you can use like the the limited series runs and you could have done a whole new commander storyline with magical beast and it would have been super fun to watch him going in on this indiana jones like adventures like you're saying i would, I would have, have loved, loved a trilogy of that where we introduce these characters and then just a duology of 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 the wizarding war maybe like it's like all this thing and in the background you're seeing all this stuff build up you know what i mean like the the like the governmental issues or whatever something you just see like newspapers or whatever and then at the end of the third one they're like dumbledore shows up and it's jude law and he's like i need your help and then it's like boom then boom. it's the a two movie dumbledore thing of, like story let's line. take down yeah. grindelwald during the the world war ii holocaust of the wizards yeah. or whatever the it, fuck like it, or it's... just don't do that because maybe we don't need a world war ii movie set in the in the wizarding world i'm, I'm, I'm also okay with it's, that this is the storyline that i was the most excited about though because to me dumbledore was always my favorite character he was always so intriguing and like when they in the later book started revealing a backstory for him that had like a potential other storyline i went i love this like it's one of yeah. my favorite reveals in book history because I, like I love dumbledore so much and so well and I they set it up the, in the very first book where harry gets the dumbledore holographic the card and it says that he card. defeated the dark wizard grindelwald in on it. and most, it's like who's that yeah and one of the most famous battles ever and i've just yeah, always wanted to see that battle play out and so i'm yeah. so excited to see in the, in the, and i the part that really excites me is there's that the concept of the greater good argument that, that we'll get into further, but like that has always been so intriguing to me because it makes the villain somebody you can potentially root for, depending on how you view things. Like Grindelwald isn't necessarily like he's different from Voldemort in that he's not just trying to gain power and be evil. Like he's trying to accomplish something that he thinks is right. He's more of a Thanos character to me, where I, I you could almost root for him, you know, if you just agreed with his stance. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. Well, let's just let's get into spoilers sure, here, sure. and let's just say what Grindelwald, did, the way that they portray Grindelwald in this, he literally is in the Muggle restaurant in the opening scene, and is like, "How can you stand their stench? Like he hates Muggles. It's it, you cannot root for this person. True. He's a horrible person." I would disagree. I mean, this that that part's bad, but that's the worst that he gets <laughs> with this comment. But here's the thing. In this movie, what, but yeah, what is for he sure. going for? He's he's not going for just personal. He's not going for personal gain at all. I would argue he's he's going to elevate the wizarding world, his people. He sees, I don't know, but do you think that Hitler wasn't trying to just elevate the like his was. version? Dude, his dude, people? Grindelwald is Hitler, but at the same yeah, time, yeah, that's so. You're saying that there's reasoning to understand like Hitler's point of view? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I would never. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I'm saying okay. Grindelwald. Sorry, I would say Hitler had. I'm going to be very careful with how I phrase this. <laughs> please, please, it, please. Hitler was was terrible, awful, completely wrong on the Holocaust and the obviously the worst human possibly to ever the Aryan race thing that he was all about none of that yeah none of that stuff was okay or acceptable or explainable in any way the 
But I do understand why in that time period, the German people followed him. It wasn't like it was a small group of people following Hitler. The German people were behind that motherfucker. Excuse my language. Because because he was arguing for elevating his people. He was arguing for elevating an entire class of people, an entire you know nationality up out of the post-World War One like depressed state that they were in because they were getting hit with all kinds of sanctions from being on the wrong side of that war. And like, so depending on what perspective you were looking at at the time, Hitler was your Messiah, you know what I mean? Or, or he was sure. the worst guy in history. And Grindelwald's the same way. I, I, as a normal wizard that has to operate under the statute of secrecy in this world, I could totally see myself paying fucking attention to what Grindelwald's saying. Because what he's saying is, why are we in hiding? We're the most powerful creatures on this earth, and we have to hide because they don't like it. Like, like yeah. that to me. I've is never a very actually really argument. understood that. Like, I never really have understood the magic, the statue to secrecy, like the like that having to be secret about it. I mean, because I, mean? I, I, it's very implied. We actually talked about this on the way back from that movie, where I was like, man, they never really discuss you know, what happened the last time that they were out in the open about it. You know, she never really touches on that. We just well, have to accept that they're in hiding for, you know, the idea so that they don't get that into a like that the Christian church probably like, there's gotta be something about like, the witch trials yeah, and like sure. the, the prosecution never of, gets discussed of them and all that. I think it gets referenced. At they one point. they reference it on the chocolate frog card where a, there's a witch that he, he gets and he reads on the back of the card that she, was burned to the stake like a hundred times because she thought it was funny or something. And like, it, yeah, it, they can't actually hurt her. So she was just enjoying it or it tickled or something like they, they very briefly mentioned the, the witch trials. And that's an, a very obvious one that you can point to is like, a, Oh, this is why they went into hiding. So they didn't have to like blast, you know, muggles, you know, for being mis you know, not understanding. So like, I, I, you know, it's implied and it's understood, but I will also say that in this of version of we're we're in full spoilers, right? In this version of the world, especially in this, in this, in this series, they are barely hiding. Like in this, I, so I went back and watched the second one because as the third one was coming up, I was like, I cannot tell you a single thing that happens in right. the second movie. So I went back and watched it. Still, can barely tell you. There's almost no plot in that movie at the end of the movie a bunch of characters just randomly meet in a hallway which i was watching the movie not on my phone i was literally sitting on my couch watching a scene ends and then there's just like a bunch of people just randomly running into each other in a hallway no explanation of how any of them got there where they are i was like what is happening <laughs> i was so confused and then one of the characters explains who he is in his backstory and then after that, they do like a whole flashback thing. And then after that, immediately after that, another character goes, oh, that's your backstory? We're here. Well, here's my backstory. And just does another flashback. And it was... That's the strange thing, right? Yeah. I could not believe yeah, it. I don't it was like, like strange storyline. I don't get it. It, it feels weirdly added in. So that movie was crazy. But they also are just like... There's like monsters just like running through New York City or London or Paris or wherever the fuck they are. There's like a giant dragon made of fire trying to destroy Paris. Like, the muggles are have to see this shit. This isn't like, Hog, like you know, in the Battle of Hogwarts where they're like in remote Scotland and there's no yep. one fucking they, around. They do you know what I mean? Of, like, they're in Paris. They, they, they do a bunch of uh, repairs and, and mind wipes to cover it because there's no way it's, to just contain it. It's just their way of like... They blast and then figure it out after because they can fix it, essentially. Yeah, it's the men in black 
like yeah, it's the minute black thing. Let's you just do what you got to yeah, do, but then and then they, wipe brains afterwards. But then they introduce some sort of canon where it only erases bad memories, but he remembers all of it. Jacob remembers all of it because he did, did not it a single take, memory of it I, was I think, bad. I think I was trying to understand that too because I've never heard of an Obliviate spell not working on somebody. So I was trying to figure out if there was a precedent for that. I think we're just going to have to accept that their explanation is something like he was so in love with her that his love overpowered the. You know, yeah, the because love the is the greatest magic in this universe. Right, which is um, fine. Whatever. I don't really care. Like, that, Yeah, that's fine. That's I can, not, that's I can accept it. That's not the biggest flaw in the movie, so I'll take it. <laughs> but Sure. I can definitely accept it. I just feel like they're not really trying at this point. Like, There's a part in the second movie where that weird giant cat thing that Newt used, like, you know, that they had to fit into the second movie because it was a Fantastic Beast movie, um, is running throughout Paris and Newt in it just jump into a case. There's no one around to obliviate anybody at that point. It's just Newt and the cat and I think Dan Fogle and maybe Catherine Waterston's character. I don't know. Anyway, we're not talking about the second movie. These movies are insane. None of it really makes any sense and it's really frustrating. This movie specifically, let's dive into some of the plot points. Um, directed again by David Yates. He's directed like all of the Harry Potter movies since number four, I think. Um uh, written by J.K. Rowling and Steve Cloves. He wrote, they shared screenwriting duties on this one. Um, I could definitely see that they brought a screenwriter in to kind of help rein in J.K. Rowling because she wrote the second one on her own, completely on her own, and it got very bookish. You know, like two people in a room explaining their backstories to each other works in a book, doesn't really work in a movie. Um so you could definitely feel like a screenwriter's hand in this one. And like I said, this movie is a much tighter script. Still two and a half hours long. Way too long. It's so long. And you could really feel the length on this one. Um, it starred Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, Dan Fogler, Ezra Miller, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, Queenie Goldstein is played by... Allison Sudol, I think her name is. She's a she was a singer for Fine Frenzy, or I guess she was called a Fine Frenzy. It was just her and a guitar or a piano or something back in the day. Um, and then a new actress. Uh, let me see. I wrote her name down. Jessica Williams um, as Lally, who was a new character in this movie, I believe. And it was the professor that was ass kicking the whole time, right? Yeah, I really liked her. Really liked her character. She was. I sick. didn't like the voice that she put on. That, like, very 1920s news reporter, come on, we're going off to Paris or whatever. Yeah, I was like, she was okay, badass, this is a so. bit annoying, but she yeah, I really liked sick. her as an as a character. Um, yeah, it's like part of the superhero fun. team or whatever. Yeah. She was, yeah, well, I, they the whole time I was like, who is this? Like, why isn't she relevant? Why later isn't on? that Tina? Yeah, why isn't this a more important? Well, yeah, why isn't Tina, it? Tina just randomly showing up, like, in weird moments. I was just like, what's happening right now? So from what I've read, because I had to look into this as soon as the movie got out, because I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, what? why did she leave? Did, did she like what kind of scheduling conflicts did she have? You know what right. I mean? That she is in a part of this scene. massive yeah. Harry Potter franchise, you know, um, she basically like like in the beginning of the pandemic, like tweeted out like a massive thing from what I understand, basically criticizing J.K. Rowling, but like indirectly. Basically being like, well, if you can't stand for trans women's rights, then you don't stand for women's rights at all, basically. So <laughs> and they wrote her out in the movie? J.K. Rowling's a screenwriter on this movie, and her character's missing. <laughs> so Why I would mean, she come back for even a scene, then? You think she'd be like, I think that they probably were like, 
you should at least show up just to kind of like people are going to ask you. You wrote me out like, of the movie and kiss my ass. Like that's shocking to me. I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars do you think they show gave her just for that scene? Probably a lot. <laughs> well, then why is I she feeling back. so passionate out, you know, out in public speaking against Rowling if she's just going to? Well, take I don't think that she called show. out J.K. Rowling. From what I understand, she just posted like an article and like. Com- like meant like you know quote tweeted like the part that said like if you can't stand for trans women's rights then you don't stand for women's rights at all or whatever um but wow. so yeah that character's just gone which is interesting um, i hate that. i don't know i hate that that impacts your movie like table your sh- your personal shit and cr- i don't know the man best it's kind of hard i mean even as the movie was starting i like and i saw jk rowling's name i was just kind of like Ugh. she's really like tarnished herself and like her yeah, image 100%. to like the rest of the I'm world and JK. like i don't really want to get into it but like i don't i definitely don't support any of those beliefs that she has and i wish that this billionaire would stop like attacking people who are struggling you know what i mean like that's that's the part that is like really frustrating to me and that's pretty much where i'll leave she's, that she's very hard to relate to at this point for sure because she's just yeah billionaire all the success in the world and now she's choosing to spend her time like Taking, causing problems taking very um combative stances on very tense political you know like issues that are going on in the world today and, and like the fact that like she allows that to impact the movie like isn't it's now affecting your viewing experience and it's like yo like why are you shitting on your the the quality of your product because now i'm looking at the tina character like wait a minute she was a huge character yeah we just spent two movies building up her yeah importance, and now and she's, she's not, in, not it. in it she's now she's just like we get these glimpses of her and this weird interaction at the wedding at the end and i'm the whole time i was sitting there scratching my head like why wasn't she a part of this movie like it totally seems like there was room for her character to be involved and that she would totally do that and yet there's no explanation she's just not a part of it and now I find out it's because J.K. Rowling has a vendetta against her for tweeting. It's, so I don't know that that's 100% the situation. I'm sure Catherine, it to Catherine Waterston may have just been like, you know, I don't really want to be a part of this franchise that J.K. Rowling, like I really support trans women and Jake, I don't really want to be associated with someone who is so anti that. And maybe she asked to be released from the contract and maybe it was like a mutual thing. I really don't know. I just read an article about how Catherine Waterston did that and was like, oh, I bet that has something to do with it. Um, Dang. so, um, did you have any, any points right up top that you wanted to sort of discuss as it relates to this movie? Spoilers, uh, full spoilers, I'm assuming. Full spoilers. Uh, cool. Yeah, we're full spoilers. Um, yes. So let me collect my thoughts here. I think my, my biggest thing was going into this movie was how long are they going to keep the whole blood pact between Dumbledore and Grindelwald? like a theme like a, a part of this right because if you remember maybe you don't i don't know but in the um i think it's even in book one maybe it's later on in the books i can't really remember how it plays out but in the original books it's explained that when grindelwald was going on his reign of terror across the country dumbledore inexplicably was just not willing to be in, involved like they kept coming and begging him to to go and confront Grindelwald and he refused point blank from the beginning. And I want to say that plot point was introduced in the original Harry Potter books very early on in the series. And for them to come up with a storyline where like, like I'm totally cool with them uh, being in love with each other. I find that very intriguing. Like when have we ever had a character this big in literature be 
representative of the gay community. I think that's super cool. Um, Achilles. Sorry? Achilles. Yeah, I don't know about that. But so, anyway. Um, well, he's, he's definitely Patrickus's lover. So. I think they're cousins anyway. in, 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 in Troy. <laughs> but anyway, um, point is, is like, I think that's a very inter- interesting way to explain why he took a backseat. And like the blood pack thing, I was also okay with, but I was kind of worried that we were going to spend the next two movies because they, they have a five movie plan here, right? I'm assuming there's there was two more, I think, is my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> Do you believe that there's another two movies coming after this, man? Uh, it's my it's theater that sure. I went and saw it at on the marquee. It said, "Come witness the conclusion to the Fantastic Beast saga." That's what they wrote. They wrote that by putting in a letter at a time on the marquee. They wrote that a whole For this thing. Movie? Yes. Okay. The so conclusion to the fan. So they stupid. are under the impression that this is the final one. Maybe they take the Fantastic Beast name out of it and keep it going. I don't, I don't know. But anyway. Um, my point is, like, I'm. I was totally cool with that. I was just worried that they were going to use that plot mechanism, that that little blood vial, as this thing for the next two movies, where Dumbledore's going to be like, "I can't go fight him. I've got this necklace that's stopping me from fighting him." And it was like, it, "It'll choke me if I even think about yeah. him negatively." And my thought was, they have to get rid of that in this movie and give us a little bit of Dumbledore versus Grindelwald, because I'm not going to stare at that vial for the next two movies and let that like and like accept that as a, a viable plot point that isn't annoying. And so I was really grateful, uh, spoiler here, that they um, decided to get rid of that in this movie. I was even just accepting of the way it happened. Like I'm just kind of confused why Dumbledore didn't know that that was possible when he seems to know everything. But um, I was fine with it. And then we got a little bit of a, uh, a battle scene between them. I'm hoping that we get multiple more. Like, and they keep continue to clash every time they're around each other. Um, I don't know. I, I I'll, I'll make that my first point. Do you have any thoughts there? Um, yeah, I do. I think that um, it, yeah, it was, I don't know, man. So the timeline, let's talk about the timeline of this real quick. From what I the I could remember, I pulled it up and researched it kind of like after the movie on my phone quickly just to kind of check my memory. Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald in 1945, right. like the same year that the World War II ends. Right. Like, so he this movie takes place in like 1930. So the like you still have 15 years before the Great yeah, Wizarding Duel. Because the the first movie only takes place in like 1925 or something like that, so are you um, getting this date somewhere? Like, where are you getting the numbers? I'm just doing basic math. I just as an understanding of how this movie, like every two years or three years, so I'm just applying the same amount of time to this movie series. I mean, they haven't explicitly said that this is 1940, right? I'm just well, assuming. I'm trying to remember because Grindelwald gives a speech in number two, I think, or number one. Yeah, that one I think takes place in 1927. From what I read, I had to read it, read up on it. Because... Well, he talks about the world World War stuff in his speech to all the wizards in that amphitheater. Remember? Yeah, and, and he like shows like World War Two visions yeah. of the future. But like, I was assuming that this is like 1937 or something right before the war kicks off. I didn't. So think this is 1932. Early. Is this one? This movie that we just watched is in 1932. Yeah. So we still have another 13 years before the Great Wizarding Duel. 
How Isn't that crazy? How the I don't know. Older? That's what I don't understand, dude. That's what I'm like. What? Why did like? What were they thinking? Like, I don't understand That's what a this weird five year stretch of time that you're gonna have to cover. Like, why would they start this movie in the 19 like this series in the 1920s? Yeah, when at like 1937, then, 1939, 1941. Exactly. If they knew that they were gonna do this, and it's like another thing where it's like, well, why wouldn't they give us a? Why wouldn't they call this series like? wizarding war like why not call the first one fantastic beasts and where to find them and then the second one wizarding war this you know war, like crime wizarding of, war one ww i bet they wanted to not be compared to star wars by putting war in there and i completely understand that that's fine but i'm sure yeah. there's a way around that like it's um that's so to me but i'm glad that they did away with the the blood pack thing but i'm also like it seems really early you know, it seems really early if, like, if he's still going to go off on a terror, like, you know, World War Two went for, what, six years, seven years almost. And, like, that means that Grindelwald, if it directly parallels it the way that they told us that it does, Grindelwald's going to go for seven years and Dumbledore's not going to, like, interact with him for seven years. Like, is he going to take a backseat again? Like, I got to understand. It seems really early um, to get rid of the blood pact. Why not? You know um, what I mean? That's what yeah. the timeline of the movies is an issue for me. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's just what happens when you decide to make uh, something that could have been one movie into five. Like, the, I, I'm fine with the blood pack being over. I think now that I understand this timeline, what's probably going to happen is the next movie will be like seven years later. And it's going to be like just storylines of Grindelwald kind of operating behind the scenes and staying away from Dumbledore and kind of like now he's not prominent and in the public view because Dumbledore will come and confront him. He has to stay away and he'll just be operating with his followers kind of like Voldemort where he didn't come fully out to like you know reveal himself until he really had a position of, of power where he'd recruited the giants and he'd gotten all his Death Eaters back and, and he had the Dementors that had left Azkaban and then boom he's like cool I've infiltrated the ministry I've got this army behind me now I can just start operating in the open I'm guessing Grindelwald's like the next movie is going to be about Grindelwald doing that over the course of several years and then the next movie is going to be him being like cool we can do this thing and then Dumbledore uh, Dumbledore operates behind him and hits him with a Hits him with a little hocus pocus. Yeah. So, yeah, I have. That's some my best guess here. anyway. Although I'll, I will say I don't know. That seems weird to me that we're gonna have to look at Newt looking no yes. different in the next movie so, and accept that he's fifteen years older. So I was right on the timeline of the movies. I just quickly looked it up. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is nineteen twenty six. The sec, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald is nineteen twenty seven, and this is nineteen thirty two. So it's five years later. Um, that which means that Queenie has been with Grindelwald for five years at this point away wow. from Jacob, you know, like it's, yeah. See, like all, all of a sudden, like all clear. of this seems like yeah. really like weird. It's sort of like five years later. God damn. This is a really long gap. You know, it's just weird. Uh, like there's no explanation of why they haven't communicated in all that time. Like with Tina and Newt, like they just don't talk to each other for five years. And then we're supposed to accept that they're just super stoked to see each other again. And, it's like nothing like that time didn't just pass. No, they they still are in a relationship in this movie. She's just busy because she's the head of the American Aurors office. Are you sure? It's not that they yeah, that it's not that they stopped talking, but it's like Tina just gave up on searching like for Queenie. You know, trying to rescue Queenie? I don't understand. Um Yeah, it just Yeah, I just I feel like this this series really kind of is lost its way, really. Like it just 
Hmm. I don't know. It feels like they're trying to force us in a direction rather than like a natural pro- story progression, if that makes sense. I wish they'd kept him separate. I wish, like you had said, I, I love the Indiana Jones comp, comp with Newt because, you, like, yes, he's a little quirky. Yes, he's got the kind of an autistic. Um, I mean, he's just like he's Doctor Who, basically. I mean, he's a guy who wears right. like a long trench coat and he has a thing that is bigger on the inside than it is on the but outside. It's super entertaining. He does a great job of delivering that character. It's he's definitely got some like, like capabilities that make him a totally believable character to get himself out of a jam. Especially like he's in that prison doing the the little crab dance. That shit I like that bit. I yeah. thought that was really fun. I didn't niffler. know Eddie Redmayne could wiggle his hips like that. Yeah, I was the actually niffler impressed. and the bow truckle dude. Like yeah. we were like we love that. Like my yeah. wife and I are just eating that shit up while we're in the theaters because it's super entertaining. So if you had done a contained series or storyline with Newt doing adventures like that where it's primarily him getting himself out of jams by way of like you know his understanding with magical creatures that help him get us off. I would fucking eat that shit up. I think you can make two series off that, and I would love it. But for it to be a part of this, this whole thing, like it, it just feels like their timelines jacked. It, it, you know, it's it's definitely. I don't know. That feels weird to me. That all of a sudden I'm gonna have to accept that the next two movies cover a span of a decade and a half. Do you actually think that there's going to be another two movies? I genuinely don't I think. Was, I think that I this movie is going to be a bomb. I think that this movie, there was, there was announced that they were going to do five, but I think that this, I think that the fan, like, did you feel any hype for this movie coming out? Like personally excited in my house, just because my wife and I both love Harry Potter, but yeah, I just, I didn't really see anyone talking about it. Like, I don't know, man, I'm not seeing any like real promotional materials or anything. I just, I almost forgot that this movie was coming out until last week and then was like, Oh shit, did we miss it? You know? And like, previously i was like excited for crimes of grindelwald when it was coming out you know and then i saw it and was like okay maybe i don't care about this um it doesn't help that there's like a lot of controversy going on with other people so let's kind of quickly move on because we keep just talking about our disappointment (laughs) um sure there's a great there's just like a wizard president of all the wizards i thought that each individual because they were like doing their election in germany but then it was in bhutan yeah, and so I was, I was like, like, oh, it's a this... German it, Yeah, president. I thought it was the German, like, um, wizarding. And I was like, oh, they have their own government. Okay, I but guess. But then one of them is from Spain. And I was like, wait, what? I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, and I was, like, I was like, okay, I guess, like, there's a German one. Like, that's interesting. Like, I thought Grindelwald was from Bulgaria. Like, those aren't right. the same place. And then... Um, so then who's Cornelius Fudge or whatever? He's like, the minister he? of magic for... But then I realized... For, so wait, so does he have a boss? No, he is <laughs> no, the I, boss. He's the boss. Yeah, that's what, what that I was thought. That's what this is for. Is like the, the so he's the minister of, of... Oh, what? So the ministry is international? Like the minister of magic also governs I America? I don't know. I thought we fought a revolution to not have to deal with this shit. <laughs> yeah. Now we're serving a guy named Fudge? <laughs> like, yeah, god damn it. We don't want any more of your Fudge. Again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want that. Yeah, the... I, I don't know, to be honest with you. The, the universe has expanded, and I think you have to live on part or more to really fully grasp what's going on because they introduced a bunch of American Why schools Why is there, like, but... a... Ilvermorny, yeah. Um... I, I don't know. I don't know much about that expanded stuff. I will say, from so... my, my understanding, was that the Ministry of Magic governed... Um, England. England was what I was operating under the assumption in the original books because we don't leave England the uh well, and whenever they like whenever they got new ministers they were always english in the books like when yep. remember when 
what's his name? Bill Nighy comes in in the fifth movie or whatever, and then is like immediately killed. <laughs> right. He like shows up and then dies. Yeah. You know that that like as they're killing ministers, just new British ministers come out. So I was like, oh, okay, so it's a British thing. Right. But now it's like an international coalition of governments, of wizarding governments, I guess. Maybe, maybe it was before. I mean, you remember we're like 100 years before the events of Harry Potter almost. So maybe maybe back then it was just uh, yeah. different, you know? Like maybe that's what we're going to have to accept because to be honest with you, I, I was uh, under the operating under the understanding that there were separate ministries for each country. Although I can't, I can't remember now that we're talking about it. I can't remember if it ever really explicitly said that. So here's another one. Um, not only is there a wizarding president, but a deer picks it. It's so not that, a vote. That used to be the case, and then it wasn't, and then they were bringing it back as a mechanism for Grindelwald Proving. to. But then they, they're like, they're like, okay, let's bring it back. Does anyone have a chillin? And then Grindelwald's like, oh, I just so happen to have one that's gray and clearly dead. But like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll just use that one." Don't check if it has a pulse. Yeah, just fucking yeah, whatever. That one, that one looks good. Why? What's with that scratch on its throat? Is like, oh no, it's just like a birth defect. Oh, okay, we believe you. Yeah. What the fuck? I I I don't remember them saying. Does anyone have a chillin'? I think the guy. No, but the, like, the wait, he just vote, shows up with one. The leading the vote was just like this used to be the case, and we have one now. So yeah, but where did he get it? Because it was Grindelwald's. Grindelwald gave it to him. It showed him in that room with Grindelwald. That's weird. Like, yeah, he Grindelwald is clearly evil. People have seen him kill people. They're using this to prove that Grindelwald's not a bad guy. And Grindelwald's like, oh, I just so happen to have a chillin'. And they're like, we trust you. That's cool. Yeah, we could definitely use you, a known criminals. That's, that's, this is chillin'. where that fantastic. We, we, this is where that fantastic B storyline is getting laced back in to make it worth tying it into the same storyline that's that's um one of the pitfalls there so ezra miller's basically just been written out of this franchise mm-hmm. i mean in the first one he's like this new obscurial whatever thing that they've created for this this version of the franchise which i still maintain doesn't really make any sense because how the fuck was harry not one of these i don't really understand um but whatever i accept it that's fine um but he's like this like this like whirlwind of like destruction and debris and like death and all kinds of whatever. And then in this, in the first two, that's what he's like. And then in this one, he's just like dying off screen, basically. Like he's barely in it, which I mean, I think we know, I don't know if you've been seeing all the crazy shit that Ezra Miller's been up to lately. That is kind no, of probably... I, I'm not, I'm not up to speed on what's going so, on. So quick rundown on that. During the pandemic, he was in Iceland and was filmed at a bar where like a woman was like bothering him, like trying to get him to take a picture or give him an auto- give her an autograph or something like that. I'm sorry. He, he goes by they pronouns, they, them. I'm going to make that mistake. I apologize. I fully support him and whatever he wants to be called, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but I, I'll, I'll fuck up. So the woman was bothering them for a like a signature or something right an autograph and uh basically it got to the point that ezra miller choked this woman and it got filmed yeah like grabbed her by the throat and and threw her onto the ground or something like that and it was like this whole thing that went viral but then it kind of all blew over no one really i didn't really see anything about it It was kind of one of those things where it's like people who are aware of it are aware of it and we're kind of seeing where things go from there and then like in the last month 
Ezra Miller was arrested twice in Hawaii. He got they got arrested at a bar for bothering people and being drunk and disorderly, basically, and then posted bail. And then Ezra Miller attacked the people he was staying with in an Airbnb. They were staying with. Yeah, they were staying with. Sorry. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Ezra Miller appears to have been basically written out of this franchise because they. When did all this happen? This the Hawaii thing happened within the last month. The Iceland thing happened in maybe like 2020 or 2021. So they were like, "Cool, let's write this dude out." Yeah, I think he's just. They have just become kind of a problem, and the problem. Another major problem is I'm interested to see because the Flash movie is in the can right now, <laughs> and and Warner Brothers is like has been delaying putting this out for so long, and it's ready to go, and they've already started a marketing push. I mean, they just delayed it by like six months, but yeah, I don't know. But wow, Warner Brothers has put a lot of money into Ezra Miller, and Ezra Miller is really kind of a fading star quickly, unfortunately. Um, cause I actually like Ezra Miller quite a lot. I think, I think that they are a talented actor and have had some really good roles in like, we need to talk about Kevin and, uh, perks of being a wallflower, um, train wreck. They're very funny in train wreck. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan or I was, I'm less of a fan by the day now. <laughs> crazy. But yeah, did you, isn't it crazy? Also at the end of the whole movie of the second movie is all about Credence's identity yep. and like, who is his, who is he, who, like, what's the name going to be? Blah, blah, blah. At the end, they're like Aurelius Dumbledore. And it's like, holy shit. Dumbledore has another brother that we're not aware of. And then this one, they're like, oh no, it's just Aberforth's son. Who cares? So I, I, th- I thought it was, that definitely rocked me. Cause I was like, man, I, I didn't think there was anything I didn't know about the lore like what's going on here okay this is an interesting twist how are they going to factor that in who had the kid i'm assuming it's not albus for obvious reasons but um you know i was thinking maybe there's some cousin or something but if for them to explain very quickly in this one that it was aberforth's love child and then not give any further context or it was kind of bizarre to me yeah it was kind of bizarre to me i you know credence shows up at the final kind of climax of this movie and it's just sort of like, how did he get up there? Why is he being allowed to be this close to the presidential candidates? Like, I was just was like, what is happening right well, now? Like, this is super the, weird. the other thing about Credence is, is Grindelwald really built Credence up as if Credence was the solution to all of his problems because Aurelius would have the power to destroy Albus. And then they fight and it's very clear that he doesn't have a prayer. Like, that whole fight scene was like, Albus was just playing with him playing with him yeah it made yeah. it easy and uh i like that i mean I, I like seeing albus being albus and like getting what to really was see power. dumbledore's trick where he can take them into the doctor strange mirror dimension good question i was about to ask that same question like he, he would like remove them from reality in order to like i'm guessing limit the damage that they could cause like in the middle of but the battle, then but but it also seemed to like stop time because no one seemed to, to notice that they stepped out when him and Grindelwald were fighting. Like it was almost like as if it only took a moment in time for them to step in there, battle each other, and then return to the reality. Like it wasn't like people were looking around like, where the fuck did they go? Oh, there they are. You know, like everyone was acting like as if they'd stood there the whole time. 
So I just what was that? Why was there no explanation? And why wouldn't Dumbledore have used that when he fought Voldemort to limit the destructive powers that he like? Because then he took over Harry. Can't you use that to imprison people? Like what? Like why? Yeah, if you're able to pull him into that, that realm so quickly, like why can't you just keep him there? So this is an issue that I ha- often have with Harry Potter is that there's no like rules to the magic. Magic can kind of just do whatever the story needs magic to do, and that can be frustrating sometimes. You know what I mean? And totally. I, the I, the biggest one is money and food. Like I don't understand when anyone works if you can just yeah. We've talked about money this before. Food. Why yeah, isn't it a communist they, society? <laughs> they have um, rules. How are their those rich things. versions? Yeah, they yeah. they 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 touch on these three laws. You know that like in school they mention it or something that there's like three laws. You can't transfigure money or, or blah 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 or something like that. Like there's they have ways to like restrict it so that you apparently need to work i i just don't understand why i can't conjure a chicken and eat my dinner and never pay for it like like why can't i just conjure a new candle every time my candle's going out why do i need to pay for that like i just don't understand like why they need currency at all like i understand them capping their ability to create currency whenever or it's just the why would i need magic is more what i'm talking about not like the rules of the society that they live in but more like like what can magic do like what is the what is the upper boundary level and what is the lower boundary level of what magic is able to accomplish like how can dumbledore suddenly just like separate him and credence outside of time where they're like literally like destroying buses and like credence is like destroying buildings and shit but that like it actually none of it happened it was all in the mind and then like as soon as the blood pact with grindelwald it like is destroyed they he like teleports them into like this it was it seemed like it's the same spot where he met harry when they died when harry died remember it's what it felt like. Well, it's just like the fogginess. It's just like everything around them was like white fog. And then they were just like battling there. Definitely was, was like, implied that it's like some kind of alternate reality slash mirror realm type deal, you know, where they're like pulled away they're- from everyone else. But I just don't, you're right. Like there's, that's a very dangerous thing to introduce because the big question is why did he never use that in the original? But like the, he definitely had moments where he could have done that and yeah, I don't didn't understand. bother. I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't have one. I don't have anything good for you there. <laughs> I, so, I will say, uh, well, you know what? I, I just want to ask the, the the real big question here is how did you receive the Gellert Grindelwald actor change? How did that land for you? Um, I was expecting it to be maybe explained in some way. <laughs> the fact that they just didn't even reference it was a bit strange to me. And I don't I feel like, like huh. looking like Colin Farrell this time. I'm going to do another guy. Yeah, oh man, I really that would have been probably my number one choice is if they just brought Colin Farrell back to and he just was using that face again or something. But um I really love Mads Mikkelsen. Um I think he's really talented and I was really excited for him to join. Um but then they kind of just brought him in and he was just like just kind of playing standard Mads Mikkelsen. He wasn't really bringing anything else to the role and I was sort of like oh, I kind of was hoping that he was going to bring some extra malice or something. You know what I mean? ratchet it up a little bit I, like off of his normal I think I persona had the, i think i had the i think i had the alternate uh, or not the alternate the opposite reaction because my wife and i were driving home and, and we were just remarking on how much more toned down he seemed compared to depths where he had like the shock of blonde hair but, but, and well that's crazy what i was saying eyes. he felt toned down right well and i'm saying we we're we're oh, arguing sorry, i'm arguing that i liked it because to me, it made him a more relatable figure, and the the real draw to me of Gellert Grindelwald's character is 
I get where people would root for him. This is what I was talking about earlier. Like I get that people would find him convincing. I get that people would say like, Hey, this, this makes sense for me. Why wouldn't I support this? You know, he's got my best interests in mind and he, he just seemed like a, a, a guy with ideals instead of being this crazy looking, I was fine with Depp's portrayal. Don't get me wrong, but he was definitely a little bit more out there. He was definitely a little bit more removed from the norm as like an appearance and in mannerisms with Depp's character that I didn't like was the like physical portrayal of him. Like I didn't mind him being blonde. Fine. Whatever. He can be blonde. I don't give a shit. The, but his skin color was like gray. It was like a weird, I was like, what is, what is it, this? What it is, just what leave it, it to Johnny Depp to just to make it more quirky, you know. And like I, you know, Gellert Grindelwald, like to me, I don't remember there being anything talking about that with him. He just was like a good-looking blonde-haired kid when they described the. Well, I remember that he kid. had heterochromia. I do remember. That I don't even remember that, that when part. I was one like, color different. But regardless, like it, to me, Mads Mikkelsen's portrayal of him made more sense because he was just. He's just a normal guy. Like he, he at least comes off as just a normal guy that's trying to do what he thinks is right. And he's, in my opinion, just more supportable. And you know, I, I, I thought it was fine. I, I because he's a character that I can believe more people would be like. You know, even your common wizarding family. I, he, there, he's a guy that I could see them being like, why wouldn't I support this dude? He's got my best interest in mind instead of telling me that I need to hide myself. You know, yeah. and, and Gel- he struck me as that character more than uh, Johnny Depp's portrayal, which felt a little bit more sinister and, and dare I say, Voldemort-like. And I will say this, compare Grindelwald to Voldemort. I mean, Voldemort is very self-serving. Voldemort's all about just increasing his own power. He makes a lot of the same arguments, but that's not his driving motivation. Gellert is just purely like, wizard should be on top, period. Voldemort's more like, I should be on top, period <laughs> you know what i mean and like yeah and to to me the johnny depp portrayal of gellert grindelwald felt more like the voldemort motives and the other than his speech i'm not gonna lie his speech was pretty good and then gellert grindelwald uh mads mickelson mads grindelwald uh felt more to me like what i wanted out of the character so i was pretty happy with the switch yeah, I mean, I thought, like I said, I think he, I thought he was good. I guess I was just kind of hoping for something a little bit more scene chewy from Mads Mikkelsen for some reason. Um, but I did, I wasn't, I wasn't perturbed. Um, what did you think of? How do you feel about Jude Law as Dumbledore? I don't know if we've ever really talked about it since it got. I think we've touched on it. Um, I like him. I my first vote when it was all coming out was that dude from um... Homeland, Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis, that's right. I because mainly because one his demeanor, he's just very calm and reserved, and you know, like just always seems to be in control of every situation, which is a very Dumbledore thing to, to you know, very Dumbledore esque style. Um, and two because he's a redhead, and when we get a flashback of Voldemort, uh, Dumbledore visiting Tom Riddle in the orphanage, he's still got a full beard, still got long hair. Um, but he's described as having like auburn or reddish like hints in his hair. And to me, I, I just felt like, you know, obviously I was trying to think of redheads I knew and he just seemed to really line up with the role perfect. So when I heard Jude Law, I had my hesitations, but I'm not going to lie. I saw him in the first, you know, the first movie and I was like, I'll accept it. And it, and it hasn't bothered me since. I'm just, I've just accepted think, that he's young Dumbledore. I think personally he's the best Dumbledore. He's yeah, got I'm like, cool with it. 
Yeah. He's got like, he's the best Dumbledore of all the people who have played Dumbledore so far. And I'm including the first two people because he's got like a twinkle in his eye. That's like and like I just I've always thought Jude Law was like really charming as an actor. I mean, there's a reason that he's like, you know, he's just been around for so long and he so many women are obsessed with him. Um, he uh, he's really good looking. He's got in this he's got just like this twinkle in his eye and he's just sort of like he's kind of. He's got like a serious tone to him, but like he never like takes out frustrations on other people. Even when he's talking to Gwen- Grindelwald or when he has his battle with Grindelwald, like you can see that like he's he doesn't really want to be doing it, but he knows that it's like his responsibility to do it because he can. And I don't know, there's some there's like an earnestness and I think that Jude Law is such a talented actor. He's able to kind of like portray that like that like sadness of like a lost love basically and having to confront Grindelwald as that, you know? And um, yeah. And I, so segueing off of that, I think, how did you feel they handled this is the first that we ever have like real kind of, I guess, serious confirmation of like some sort of homosexual activity happening in the sure. wizarding world. Yeah. Um, I, I'm totally they don't it. explicitly come out and be like, we, we were gay and we fucked it, but they're like, <laughs> he's like, we were in love. I was in love with you. Yeah. You know, it adds a very crazy level of depth to the character. Like I, I appreciate it because I like how many characters in literary history are like this beloved and this like recognizable and also representative of a, community that's still got a lot of to struggle for in in modern society you know what i mean like i think dumbledore really represents or has come to represent it and everyone knows he's, he's gay now before this movie came out i think it's been pretty common knowledge from jk rowling admitting like yeah i wrote him as a gay character even though it didn't become a topic that got brought up in the books directly like he's he's gay yeah. i mean yeah but like, that was a weird thing when she did it because it was like after he after the seventh book then she's just like by the way, yeah, Dumbledore was gay that whole He's time. A, and it's yeah. just sort of like, what? Weird, <laughs> weird. but at the same time, like all these years later, I mean, it's, you know, way later. And so I like to me, I've come to accept it. I've come to just understand it about his character. And I think it's cool that a character who is equal parts like he's the most powerful character in that universe. He's also the most calm and in control and like it's just super cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, like with that character on like a character level like 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 um character traits level or anything there's nothing wrong with him and so to have like such an infallible character also represent you know the gay community i think is super cool like i i you know i, I just think it's a cool character that you know I, I don't know if i can think of any kind of uh equivalence to dumbledore elsewhere so i actually have a question on that like you're you just brought up his you know quote unquote infallibility but i've always thought of dumbledore as sort of like a, a perfectly imperfect imperfect character like he knew that he was raising harry potter to basically be killed by dumbledore or i mean voldemort i mean he admits in the final book that he knew that that was always harry's destiny that he was going to be killed by voldemort eventually and that he raised him knowing that that was going to happen and could wasn't going to try to stop him or help him really like you know he would do what he could but like he knew it was going to happen and that there was an inevitability to it and because of that moral shade of gray there knowing that what he has to do for the greater good or whatever. Um, I've always kind of viewed him as sort of imperfect in that way. So to see that moment at the end where the chillin picks Dumbledore, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't so, know because even in this movie, Dumbledore admits that in his youth, he agreed with yes. Grindelwald. He yes. like, he admits he's like, yeah, I'm not 
good. I'm not all good. I I fucked up. Like what I was, I was terrible for a mi- for a while so, there. So I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. That your past actions and beliefs don't preclude you from becoming a better person. But I think that Dumbledore sure. is not pure of heart in that so, way. So so the greater good situation with Grindelwald much more lends to your argument than the Harry's getting killed situation because it was the only way to win the Harry situation that I don't think is any indictment of Dumbledore's character or, or person. There was the only way it could happen. So he had to get Harry ready for that inevitable conclusion. So I, I like, and he talks about how much it tortured him. Like he, Harry gets to talk to him about it and he's like, yeah, it was the worst thing ever. Like, I didn't want to do that. It was just had to, it, that had to take place because of how you guys were linked because you were a Horcrux you had to die. Like I, I, there was no other way to prepare you like to, to do that. I had to, to, to let you experience, you know, everything leading up to it. And I, and I had to let you go through that. It was the only way to win. So I don't think that's an indictment of Dumbledore's character. The greater good thing. Yes. When he hit full and he's the one that comes down on himself the hardest where he's like, yeah, I fell in love with this dude. And not only that, but we were the two most powerful wizards of all time up and coming. Like we, like I was doing shit that no one else had ever seen before, you know, with a wand. And Grindelwald was like a half step below him in capability, but like head and shoulders above everybody else in power, you know? So the two of them were together and had fallen in love with each other. Like it was well, a it dangerous... Sounds- in this series, they're kind of making it seem that Dumbledore fell in love with Grindelwald and Grindelwald knew that and was using him. That's yeah, what they're showing I think, here. I think that gets hinted at too because Grindelwald had no issues with Ariana dying and stuff. Like, I, I think um, – and Dumbledore admits that um, it wasn't just – it wasn't just his love for Grindelwald that held him back from confronting him. I think this is said in the books. I think he's also afraid that Grindelwald knows the truth about whose spell killed Ariana. And you mm-hmm. see Dumbledore in this movie, like, say, says, it doesn't really matter whose spell it was. But the fact that he even mentioned it, it, and it gets mentioned in the books, like, he's always been afraid of the truth that his spell was the one that killed her. Well, so it's between Dumbledore and Aberforth. One of the two brothers killed their sister, right? Um, in this, they say that no. wands so, were drawn between Dumbledore and Aberforth. Yeah. That's so that was a says. weird description because in the book, it's described that... Um, it's like a three That Grindelwald, <laughs> Grindelwald started hitting him with the Cruciatus Curse, I think is the way it's described. So I don't know why they described it differently because I feel like I remember that um, that Aberforth drew his wand on Grindelwald. Grindelwald started torturing him and and then Dumbledore got involved because he's like, yeah, we're not doing that shit. You know what I mean? And then basically spells just started flying all over the place. And basically he's just, you know, always lived in fear that he's going to find out from Grindelwald that it was his spell. And, and, and I think that kind of hints at Grindelwald knowing his fear knowing you know what's held him back and knowing that he can use it he can weaponize it against him so so definitely definitely there's there's a level of that although i think their little interaction in that diner or whatever where it showed him and grindelwald like it kind of suggests that grindelwald was in love with him too and like you know you could tell that there's something there i don't think grindelwald is looking at him like what's up puppet you know what i mean like i think he's like like i think there's a level of respect and and love there i I don't know maybe maybe um we'll see see what they decide to do with it yeah, well, I don't think we will. I think that this is the last movie. <laughs> you keep saying that, but I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You don't think that. they're making another one, huh? I just, I, I guess we'll see how the box office does. If this actually like makes money, then yes, they'll definitely make another one. But if it doesn't make money, then they're going to probably call it 
the end. And I think that this movie has an end. And we can talk about that end when we talk about this character. Dan Fogler, uh, Jacob in this, uh, still probably the highlight of the series for me. He's very funny and very charming. Yeah. Like when he's he like, nails yeah, the, the, all the comedic points so well for me. Yeah. When they're like, so oh funny. yeah, we, we want to confuse him. And he's like, it's working on me already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was already. Dying. <laughs> yeah. Got me real good. Yeah. Um, I love the giggle water thing where he like, that's one of my favorite parts in the first movie where he drinks the giggle water and, yeah. and yeah. does that yeah. exclamation of a giggle. And they yeah. does it in this movie as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Um, he's great but there was a bit in the trailer that you got really frustrated about that they do in this movie yes. that by the end of the movie i was like what was the fucking point of there that? was no point to that at least not that i've seen but i feel like, like the whole point was from the joke at hogwarts like they wanted to do a joke where he wouldn't let kids touch his wand or whatever oh yeah he's like It'll and, and like that's the only thing is like that was it otherwise it was like he drew his wand at grindelwald and then Grindelwald said assassin and then the witch made it look like he cast a spell and then literally the newspaper the next day says muggle assassin so they knew he was non-magical and knew that that wand could do nothing yet believed the spell that he supposedly had cast well can it do nothing because Dumbledore hands it to him it's like oh yes it's really rare and yeah but it doesn't have a core no yeah it doesn't but it doesn't have a core does that mean that it's not capable of anything I was almost picturing it being like a five spell limit caster or something like but we don't we don't find out you know <laughs> no it never casts a single spell and that he lets him have it at the end right, which so means it's, it's got to be safe to some extent so what what was rare about it because it's just a stick from it what was I'm the aware. spider wood or whatever i don't i yeah. don't know it, it was no stupid point that it fucking point. made no sense totally yeah it yeah it was really ridiculous it almost felt like a misdirect for the trailer um yeah i thought he was really great this movie got an end to a ser- like a series end they do a wedding everybody gets a happy ending they kind of wrap up newt and dan and jacob and queenie and tina's storylines um we didn't even talk about the fucking weird three card money like uh uh case switcheroo did you notice that so she takes the one case birdie his long-suffering assistant who's clearly in love with him and yet they just don't do anything with that so they just introduced a character who just like has a sad story i don't understand that she takes the case to a guy who replicates the case and she says half a dozen that means six plus the one the original that's seven mm-hmm. and then there's five people on the team with cases that's five so there's just two cases that didn't get included in that game what's up with those cases who's got them I don't have an answer for you. That, that whole thing was kind of... Uh, Fucking felt, dumb? Felt sloppy. What if like, they just showed up there with the chillin' and say, hey, that chillin' up there is actually dead. I have a living one. Like, And then everybody sees them show up with the chillin' well, instead of a case running, hiding something. Like The other thing is it's like they were all just like running around the little side streets and back alleys of that little Bhutan town. And I'm like, are you guys going somewhere? Like, Is there a destination in mind? What are we all going towards? You're all just running down until they catch you. Like, Why didn't we just... Why can't you apparate to the bridge? Yeah. Like I get maybe the bridge has some sort of be like, oh, I got the little, I got a real one. Like it it was a bizarre sequence of events. I didn't understand the whole three card money 
shtick at all because like I didn't understand what they were trying to accomplish. Like were they all not trying to get caught? Because it seems like they were just waiting to get grabbed. What were they working towards there? It felt really unnecessary, didn't it? Yeah, I uh I really didn't get that at all. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I I just this movie, this whole series has been really disappointing to me. I kind of don't want there to be another one, if I'm honest. They need to finish the story, dude. <laughs> I just I look all I, know, I, care I about honestly is, think I'll skip it if they come out with another one. All I'll I care about is that I'll, we get the look. All right. There was a, a much, you much younger version of Brian one time that picked up Harry Potter one and read a chapter that described a chocolate frog card where Albus Dumbledore fought in the greatest duel in wizarding history against Gellert Grindelwald. And ever since then I've wanted to see that fight. And now I'm within two movies of getting to actually watch that on <laughs> screen. And you're telling me they're not going to finish. I really wish I really do want to see that because I love that scene in uh, the order of the Phoenix where Dumbledore yeah, fights it? Voldemort. I want them to make the that thing like Ma- a half Ministry hour long. Magic. I want that fight to last a while and them do crazy fucking shit that I'd never seen anywhere else. That's kind of what I was hoping we were going to see when they went into the mirror dimension. In yeah, I was like, oh, we're getting it right now, actually. This is crazy. And like, and then we got like, they just stopped attacking each other after a couple of seconds and went back about their day. And I'm like, okay, so they were just that like was a teaser. hand on each other's chests and breathing. Ooh, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Hand. Just and so, <laughs> right. And so I'm like, okay, so you guys teased it, but now I won't accept anything less than getting to see the actual battle that they described. So I do fin- want to see that, that. So maybe I'll watch the fifth one and w- skip the fourth one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just fast forward to the fight. I just, I don't think I'm giving my money any more money to this franchise until they do something better. I think you are. I think you are. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I was pretty let down by this, man. I found, I found it to be really, really quite a bummer. I think we can wrap it up there. Um, Jeff will join next week and we'll probably talk about it again. <laughs> sure. Although next week, are we going to watch the Northman? Do you want to go see that? I, meant I can to bring try. It up yesterday. I can try. I think. I think that's gonna be a good one. But we can uh, talk it off. Talk about it off pod. But you and I can go see it if you want to one of these days after work. Sure. So we can talk about it. Um. So let's get into recommendations. Yeah. Or did you have anything else to wrap up your thoughts on that? Uh no. Um. Just get me to that final fight. That's all I got for you. All right. Um. Cool. Well, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, consuming? I got two things for you, and we've already heard about them. Uh, The first one is 100. Still going strong. Actually still enjoying it. So uh, I'm I'm not going to go any further. I keep mentioning it because the show's still going for me. So, um, oh, other than that, we've been throwing on episodes of Futurama to fall asleep to. Futurama still holds up. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just sick. I actually Uh, like Futurama more than I like The Simpsons. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then the other thing is Ark. I think we all mentioned it last recording. Is that correct? I don't know. Okay, so if not, I just because I don't remember, Ark uh, was free for PS5 owners. Um, we are playing. I'm pretty it's, sure you mentioned it, but go ahead. Just keep okay. Talking. We are playing. It's like you land on an island with dinosaurs, and you resource collect, and you fight, and it's all about survival. Um, having a blast. I just dumped all weekend into it. Um, playing a, a ton of it right now. It's just having so much fun with it. it. I like that I can play with my wife here. My my brothers can jump on. All four of us can be on at the same time. Um, 
have mentioned in the past a game called The Forest, which is survival, resource collecting, exp- exploration, and that one just has a horror twist to it. This one, there's no horror. It's just it's just a raw survival in the wild with dinosaurs know, and giant snakes and shit. When that alligator, when we were trying to get our backpacks back, and that alligator was oh, popping up man. in the dark, that was terrifying. Or the triceratops <laughs> just came running at us. Yeah, like it's. Yeah. Super fun, and you can tame the creatures too, which is a cool feature. Like we were just, I was just flying around for the last couple hours on a pterodactyl, like flying all over the islands, checking them out. Like it's a massive map. We're barely like we look at the map and see how much we've revealed, and it's like a tiny little corner of the full map. Like there's a huge scale to it. Like we're starting to formulate some real strategy. Our base is super pimped out and upgraded. We're getting we're getting armor. Like it's it's a it's a big undertaking, but super fun once you get the hang of it. And it's super fun. Uh, multiplayer, especially. Could not recommend Ark more. I know it's kind of an older game. Uh, you know, what, like five, six years old or something, maybe older. But uh, holds up. Graphics are good. Uh, yeah. So go play Ark. It's fun. Cool. Um, my recommendation this week is just... Uh, a movie from that Brian actually watched a little bit with me last night when he came over for dinner. Uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring uh, the main man Jude Law and uh, Charlie Hunnam and some other people. Um, I think that this movie is underrated, like really underrated. It has like 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. And wow. I, I like it. <laughs> it's it's not perfect, but they were doing something really interesting with the King Arthur mythos. And I feel like you can see the fingerprints of the studio all over this movie kind of changing and editing and hamstringing Guy Ritchie in his creative vision of this this new version of Camelot and uh, and just King Arthur in general. And I just I kind of wish that they hadn't. And I kind of wish that this this had gotten a sequel and was able to kind of expand and we were able to get some different versions. I, you know, I just, I watched the green Knight when I was on my way to London, um, a couple weeks back. And, uh, I really love that movie. First of all, second of all, I really want like just a King Arthur, like Marvel, like cinematic universe kind of thing. Like I want to like there to be like team ups, and individual stories within this King Arthur world, just like there is in La Morte Arthur and the one who would be King and all of those different retellings of the King Arthur legends. I love that shit so much. I just think it's such a cool world to exist in. And I just, I just think it's ripe for movie stories. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of bummed that that doesn't exist. I just, I feel like they keep trying to, and people just aren't interested in it. And that sucks. I think that sucks. So anyway, to help people. Yeah. So yeah, that's everything. Um, what did you guys think of Fantastic Beasts and uh, the which one was this one? The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, did you? Which one of us did you agree with? Like, was it? I mean, it sounds like Brian and I literally agree on every single point. Brian just said that he liked it. And I said that it was disappointing. And that's that, that's the only part that we disagree on is our rating. But everything else that we said, I feel like we were in agreement on, right? Um, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't, you know, I don't know. What, 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 did, what did the fans think? I'd be interested to hear. Reach out to us. Get in touch with us. Find Jeff on the street. Let him know what your thoughts are so he can bring them to us next week. 
And otherwise, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week for the Northmen. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever.